Now, so far we have done 26, 27 books of the Bible, and uh, we want to continue today with the study that we are having. If you've not been able to listen to all the podcasts that we've done straight from the book of Genesis, you can please find them on all podcast platforms like Spotify, Stitcher, Deezer, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, you name it, you'll find us there. And also you can visit our website, BibleIndepth.com. There you'll know more about this network and the Lord shall indeed bless you. Remember, as we study the Bible, we open our hearts and let God speak. We we believe that there is no limitation to revelation. God will reveal his word to everybody who shows the need. For you who is out there and you want God to speak to you, you read his word and open your heart and he will speak to you. There is no limitation whatsoever. He has given us his Holy Spirit. He's with us. He walks with us. He moves with us. He lives with us. And uh, he will direct us on the issues of life. Even concerning the word of God, he will reveal his word to us. Now today we start on the book of Hosea. And uh, thank you for always taking time to go through these studies. It's not a simple thing to do. And the diligence and commitment that you have, we thank you for that. And we thank God for your life. Today we want to start with the book of Hosea. It's a book that we've read. It's a book um, that everybody always refers to, the prostitute that gets married to a prophet. And... Uh, the books that come on after Daniel, like we said last time, most of them we shall find that are referring to issues that had happened before the events of Daniel. Uh, that's during the times of the kings of Israel and Judah, respectively. So it's uh, mostly a drawback to the earlier times from the times of Daniel, where we saw uh, them in captivity, them promised that they will leave the captivity. And they will get back to their place. And uh, today, we start with the book of Isaiah. It starts by saying, The word of the Lord, which came to Hosiah, the son of Beri, during the days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah, and during the days of Jeroboam, the son of Joash, king of Israel. Of course, here, there is a distinction between Judah and between Israel. They mention... Uh, four kings of Judah, in which uh, the Hosea gets these words or hears these words uh, from the Lord, and they only mention one king of Israel, which is uh, Jeroboam. And uh, it, this clearly shows that this is a message that comes to him, or communication, or an event, or they even spell the time in which Hosea lived, that it was during the times of these kings, probably at the end of the reign of the king of Israel or the nation of Israel towards its end. Yeah, remember those were the ten tribes, like we spoke last time, the ten tribes of Israel. Then Judah comprised of just Judah and Benjamin. But uh, the other ten made up the the part of Israel, although that is the northern tribes of Israel. Now, when the Lord first spoke through Hosea, the Lord said to Hosea, Go take to yourself a wife of halotry, and have children of halotry, for the land commits flagrant halotry, yeah, forsaking the Lord. Now he's being given an instruction to do, and that's where it gets hard sometimes to be a servant of God. 
You know, the things that come to you, the instructions that come to you at times are not rosy. Sometimes they're not uh, those that you would want, but that's what God is saying. And it's tough. And many, when it gets tough in that way, they back out or they decide to deliberately disobey. And now Hosea is being told, you go and get for yourself a wife of halotry or a prostitute, if I may use that word. Go get a prostitute for a wife. And uh, some, of course, say he could have got her when she's still, she wasn't a prostitute, then she turned. That's one opinion. But here, he says, go get yourself a wife of halotry. Go on the street, find one, and say, hey, come. I want you to be my wife. I want to take you home. And have children of halotry. That implies you're, you're always even going to be unsure whether that is your child or not. That's what God is telling him. Go and do that. Because this land commits such prostitution. How? I told them that I'm their God, but they go on and worship other gods. I told them to serve only me, but they go and serve other idols. They prostitute. They go away from me. And now what is happening here is God is using this state of Hosea and a wife who is a harlot to describe or to, so, to, to, to give a picture that this is what Israel is like. Yeah? They have taken on a prostitute. They are better options. I am the better option. Actually, I'm not even the better option. I am the only option. The best that could be. The best that could help. The best that can redeem, deliver, set free. I have a history. Yeah? That um, is unprecedented. I am known to have helped you, but then you make a decision to go into halotry. So he tells him, go get that woman for you. So he went and took Goma, the daughter of Diplaim, and she conceived and bore him a son. Good enough. This first one is sure. It's his own son. And the Lord said to him, name him Jezreel. For yet a little while I'll punish the house of Jehu for the bloodshed of Jezreel. And I'll put an end to the kingdom of the house of Israel. Remember, uh, uh, when you're talking about uh, Jehu and Jezu, that's a story in Second Kings chapter 10, verse 11. Jehu uh, totally destroys the house of Ahab, the entire household of Ahab. He says he was doing this in revenge for how much they had messed up and he was cleaning house for God. But then... That was a total bloodshed, a, a huge bloodshed that happened in that valley of Jezreel. And now he's being told, name your child Jezreel. Name him for that. Yeah. And with that, he's saying, I'll punish Jehu for what he did. I'll also put an end to the house of Israel. And this would see very soon because the house of Israel, the ten tribes, would indeed come to an end very very soon from that day and on that day i'll break the bow of israel in the valley of jezreel then after conceiving and giving birth to the first son whom they named jezreel the wife she conceived again and gave birth to a daughter and the lord said to him name her loruhama now loruhama for I will no longer have compassion on the house of Israel that I would ever forgive them. 
He's saying the reason you're naming her Lorohama is because I'm not going to have compassion on the house of Israel. But then he says, but I will have compassion on the house of Judah and deliver them by the Lord their God and will not deliver them by bow, sword, battle, horses, or horsemen. Now, when you get into their history, what comes afterward? Assyria comes and takes over Israel, takes over the ten tribes. And it's unfortunate, but we never hear of them again after they've been taken into captivity because they are then known as the ten lost tribes of Israel. Their identity, they are assimilated into different cultures. They lose their identity. They get mixed up and they lose trace. Yeah? But for Judah, here could imply that if he says, I'll have compassion on the house of Judah. For them, when they're taken into captivity by Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar, they still come back as a nation. They maintain their identity. Yeah? They keep their identity as the people of Judah. So, that could also yeah, go, go ahead to explain this compassion that is being talked about here for both uh, sections. For Israel, the ten lost tribes are the result. For Judah, even after captivity, they still return and he's had compassion on them. When she had weaned Loruhama, hmm, when uh, Loruhama was now able to eat food, yeah, no longer dependent on breast milk, she conceived and gave birth to a son, and the Lord said, Name him Lo Ami, for you are not my people, and I am not your God. He's saying, You are not my people, I'm not your God. By the time God comes to such a statement, it implies what Israel had done as extreme. They had gone over the bar. He had been gracious enough. You know, sometimes God is gracious with us. Sometimes God is patient with us. And we take it for granted. But there comes a moment where the grace is done. And that day is coming, by the way. When the grace shall not be there for the taking anymore. And it will be time for judgment. And everybody will stand before him and speak of what they've done. And account for their life. That won't be a point of grace that forgive me, Lord. No. The grace is abundant now. Now for Israel here, being spoken is, I am not your God. Yet the number of the sons of Israel will be like the sand of the sea. He says, you'll be many. you spread, which cannot be numbered or measured. And in the place where it is said to them, you are not my people, it will be said to them, you are the sons of the living God and the sons of Judah and the sons of Israel will be gathered together. Now, of course, here comes a statement that gives hope to them. Yeah? That at one point, you shall be called my children. And they will appoint for themselves one leader. And they'll go up from the land, for great will be the day of Jezreel. Say to your brothers, Ami, and to your sisters, Ruhamah, contend with your mother, Contend, for she is not my wife, and I am not her husband. He continues, and let her put away her halotry from her face, and her adultery from between her breasts. All I will strip her naked, and expose her as on the day when she was born. I will also make her a wilderness, make her like desert land, 
and slay her with thirst. Also, I will have no compassion on her children, because they are children of harlotry, for their mother has played the harlot. She who conceived them has acted shamefully, for she said, I will go after my lovers, who give me my bread and my water, my wool and my flax, my oil and my drink. Therefore, behold, I will hedge up her way with thorns, and I will build a wall against her, so that she cannot find her paths. She will pursue her lovers, but she will not overtake them. And she will seek them, but will not find them. Then she will say, I'll go back to my first husband, for it was better for me then than now. For she does not know that it was I who gave her the grain, the new oil, the new wine, and the oil, and lavished her on silver and gold, which they used for Baal. Therefore, I'll take back my grain at harvest time and my new wine in its season. I'll also take away my wool and my flax given to cover her nakedness, and then I'll uncover her lewdness in the sight of her lovers. What is happening here? Israel was God's nation, his firstborn, his children. And then along the way, they feel God cannot provide. So they look to other gods. They set up other altars and start to worship them. And God here is saying, they have even forgotten that it was me who was providing all of that. You know, sometimes God looks at us and wonders. When we are crying and we are wailing and we are looking for options elsewhere and we are looking to people to save us, we are looking to... Our friends, that they're the ones who are going to take us out of trouble, that they're the ones who are going to give us that money that is going to help us get a breakthrough in life. And God is looking and saying, and wondering, saying, Hey, look at me. I am the first. I'm the one who has been providing. I have given you the grain. I have given you the new oil. I have provided. I have given you the wine. What is the problem with you? Why do you look elsewhere for the flux? Why do you look elsewhere for the provisions when I'm here? And friends, the fact is, many times we have left the Lord. Many times we have walked other lives. Many times we've looked for other places to give us hope. We've looked and cried to people to save us. And we've played the harlot. We make those our gods. We look to them as the ones who are going to save us. But God says, I am the first. Return to me. I am the hope. I'm the one who rescues. I'm the one who gives you the peace that you need. Because when you walk away from God, he exposes you. He leaves you to get exposed. And then when we are exposed, the enemy loves that. He comes and haunts and taunts. And you become an issue of being laughed at by many. That person who was a child of God, what happened to them? They used to pray so much. What has happened to them? Focus on God. Not looking elsewhere. And no one will rescue her out of my hand. I'll also put an end to all her gaiety. Her feasts, her new moons, her sabbaths, and all her feast assemblies. I'll destroy her vines and fig trees, of which she said, these are my wages. Those things that you hold on to and you feel that with this I'm safe, those things can be destroyed and you're left bare. 
those things you hold onto and you say my future is now secure even if i don't have god in it those things can be destroyed and you exposed that's what god is saying here that those vines and trees that this woman had hmm? feeling protected this israel had and options and alliances that they have feeling protected they can go they can go that which my lovers have given me i will make them a forest and the beasts of the field will devour them. I'll punish her for the days of the bows. He's saying, I'll punish them for the time they worshipped other gods. When she used to offer sacrifices to them and adorn herself with her earrings and jewelry and follow her lovers so that she forgot me, declares the Lord. God is not pleased when he's forgotten. When we forget God, even in our daily life, even, in, even today, there are some things that you plan to do, there is uh, some work you're out going out to do today. And God is not pleased if you go out on your own. Look to him. Ask him for guidance. Ask him for protection. Tell him that, Lord, help me. I need you here. And he was not pleased that Israel forgot him. Therefore, behold, I'll, 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 I'll bring her into the wilderness and speak kindly to her. Then I'll give her her vineyards from there. And the valley of Acre as a door of hope. And she will sing there as in the days of her youth. As in the day when she came up from the land of Egypt, it will come about in that day, declares the Lord, that you will call me Ishi, and I will no, and will no longer call me Bali. Yeah? You will look at me as your God. You will not consider me as these other gods. For I will remove the names of the bows from her mouth so that they will be mentioned by their names no more. In that day, I'll also make a covenant for them with the beasts of the field, the birds of the sky, and the creeping things of the ground. And I'll abolish the bow, the sword, and the war from the land. I'll make them lie down in safety. It says, your good days shall return. That's what he's telling them. And I will betroth you to me forever. Yes, I'll betroth you to me in righteousness and justice, in loving kindness and in compassion. I'll betroth you to me in faithfulness, then you will know that I am the Lord. Then you will know the Lord. It will come about in that day that I'll respond, declares the Lord. I'll respond to the heavens and they'll respond to the earth. The earth will respond to the grain, to the new wine, and to the oil. And they'll respond to Jezreel. I'll sow half for myself in the land. I'll also have compassion on her who are not obtained compassion. And I will say to those who are not my people, you are my people, and they will say you are my God. Of course, this shows you of the grace of God that he still has compassion over us, even after we've wronged. And that's how merciful God is. And when you're out there, and you feel like you're the dirtiest of all, when you read such things, when you read such scriptures, when you go through the Bible, and you see such moments where God had initially said, I am not yours, he comes out and says, I'm yours. You are mine. That should give you hope. Don't feel like you're the worst of all, that there is no compassion left for you. Don't feel that you're the worst of all, that there is no forgiveness left for you. God still has consideration for you. What have you done? What did you do last week that you feel you're the dirtiest of all? Hmm? How did you walk last night and you feel like you're finished? Yeah? That... The grace of God is not sufficient for you. I want to tell you today, it is sufficient. 
you can make a decision and get back to the Lord and walk with the Lord afresh and he will forgive you. By the time he's talking, talking in reference to a prostitute whom Israel is categorized here and saying, I will consider you. Yes, you've gone to other men, but I'll consider you. Yes, you've gone to other gods, but I'll consider you. Yes, you've walked the bars, but I'll consider you. I still have grace sufficient for you. That's what God tells you today. He says, I will consider you. I'll have grace over you. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. If you're out there and you're heavy laden and you're weary and you're tired, God says, you are mine. I'm your God. Come and I'll give you rest. Chapter 3. Then the Lord said to me, Go again. Love a woman who is loved by her husband. Now he's getting another uh, scenario here. He's saying, Go again. Love a woman who is loved by her husband, yet an adulteress. Identify a home where there is a man who loves her, his wife. Yeah? This man loves his wife so much, but this woman is an adulteress. Hmm? Now he's saying, go and identify that woman who is an adulteress, being loved by a man, and you also love that woman. Even as the Lord loves the sons of Israel, though they turn to other gods and love raising cakes. Now, this is a, a clear description put into practical sense here. God is saying, I love Israel. Hmm? But then Israel loves other gods. That's the comparison here that's being given. That this woman is loved by the husband dearly, but it's like that love is not enough. She goes on to other men. Now he's saying and telling Hosea, you also go now and love that woman. That is the exact description that is giving for what is happening in the land of Israel. Israel, I love them as their God. But then they go on to other gods. So I bought her for myself for 15 shekels of silver and a homer and half of barley. Then I say to her, you shall stay with me for many days. You shall not play the harlot nor shall you have a man. So I will also be toward you. For the sons of Israel will remain for many days without a king or prince, without sacrifice or sacred pillar, or without effort or household idols. Afterward, the sons of Israel will return and seek the Lord their God and David their king, and they will come trembling to the Lord and to his goodness in the last days. He's giving a picture here. He's saying this will also happen to you, just like I have done with this woman. Listen to the word of the Lord, O sons of Israel. For the Lord has a case against the inhabitants of the land. Because there is no faithfulness, all kindness, all knowledge of God in the land. A time can come when there is no knowledge of God in the land. When there is no knowledge of God in a family, when there is no knowledge of God in a church, it can come and it can happen when there is no knowledge of God in a nation. And here he's saying, there is a time that is coming. There is a time that is there where there is no knowledge of God. 
There is no faithfulness to him. There is no kindness in the land. There is swearing, deception, murder, stealing and adultery, swearing. Words that are being spoken that are empty and vulgar. Sometimes it's even beyond just words, but even actions. The way people dress in vulgar ways, speaking vulgar. Do you know, sometimes being vulgar is not just about what you what comes of the, out of the mouth, but what is portrayed on a body. The way we dress, the way we walk, the way we act. Yeah? And this is what is happening. Instead of having the faithfulness and the knowledge of God, what is there is swearing, is deception. Lies, people living and sh- living, saying one thing, living the other way. Yeah, murder, stealing, robbery, adultery. That is what is in the land, and that's unfortunately what we witness even today. That instead of having the faithfulness of God, instead of having the knowledge of God, we instead see wickedness being portrayed in the land, and they say they employ violence. So that bloodshed follows bloodshed. Therefore the land mourns and everyone who lives in it languishes. Sometimes the blood that is shed on the land mourns out, cries out. We've seen this numerous times as we've been studying the word of God. And everyone who lives in it languishes. Sometimes this pain that you're going through, it is punishment. It's it's, uh, an act of a cry out for the land on which blood is being shed, along with the beasts of the field and the birds of the sky, and also the fish of the sea disappear. Sometimes a nation can lack what to eat, and the, the land is crying out. And yet no let and let no one find fault, and let none offer reproof. For your people are like those who contend with the priests, so you will stumble by day. And the prophet also will stumble with you by night. And I will destroy your mother. My people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. Can you imagine? Which knowledge are they saying? Not this one of school. No. The knowledge of God. When you fail to know God, you are destroyed. When you fail to understand God, you are destroyed. Because you have rejected knowledge, I will also reject you from being my priest. Know God. Know the things of God. Friends, we know so many things. And for the fact that this is knowledge of God being talked about here, you can have everything else but get destroyed. You can know and you went to school and you know how to do this, you know how to do that, you know how to get that company up to the top. But if you lack the knowledge of God, you will be destroyed. And here he says, you are rejected. Because you've rejected that knowledge of him, then you will be destroyed. And he will also reject you from being from being that one that is close to him, the one that he speaks to. Since you have forgotten the law of your God, I'll also forget your children. The more they multiplied, the more they sinned against me. I will change their glory into shame. Those who are known for victories in wars, those who are known for having been saved from Egypt, walking through uh, the Red Sea on dry ground, 
those who have a history of a God who works miracles for them. I will change that glory into shame. They will feed on the sin of my people and direct their desire towards their iniquity. And it will be like people, like priests. Even the priests shall become like that. The favor is gone. So I'll punish them for their ways and repay them for their deeds. They will eat but not have enough. They will play the harlot but not increase. You go to the shrines but still nothing increases upon you. Rather, you just get worse. You look for help elsewhere, but nothing increases. You get worse because they have stopped giving heed to the Lord. When you stop to listen to God, when you stop to do as God says, then you're inviting trouble for yourself. Halotry, wine and new wine. Take away the understanding. When you start to look elsewhere, when you start to be drunk, when you start depending on the things of the world, understanding goes. My people consult their wooden idol, and their diviners' ones inform them, for a spirit of halotry has led them astray. And they have played the halot, departing from their God. They offer sacrifices on the tops of the mountain. They burn incense on the hills, under oak, poplar, terebinth. Because their shed is pleasant, therefore your daughters play the halot, and your brides commit adultery. They no longer respect the confines of marriage. Yeah? I will not punish your daughters when they play the harlot. All your brides when they commit adultery. For the men themselves go apart with harlots and offer sacrifices with temple prostitutes. So the people without understanding are ruined. Though you, Israel, play the harlot, do not let Judah become guilty. Also do not go to Gilgal or go up to Bethaven and take the oath as the Lord lives since Israel is stubborn like a stubborn heifer. Can the Lord now pasture them like a lamb in a large field? Ephraim is joined to the idols. Let him alone. Their leak are gone. They play the harlot continually. Their rulers dearly love shame. The wind wraps them in its wings. And they will be ashamed because of their sacrifices. Harlotry. Here, as described in this book, chapters we've read of Hosea. Let us picture ourselves as well. This is an image that is given of a man and a woman, but it's a representation of love that is broken. Where you are loved, but you decide to walk a life different. God loves us. God considers us. God tells us all the time that you are mine, but sometimes we make a decision, oftentimes by the way, and we decide to walk a life that does not honor him. We decide to walk a life that does not exalt him. We decide to look for other options and forget the Lord who has loved us, who has considered us, who, irrespective of all things, has still said, you are my children. And somebody out there needs to return to God. Kick the hollow tree out. Kick the other life out. And stick with God. Is the hope that we have. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your word. And we pray and ask you to guide us and help us walk with you all the days of our lives. We give you glory and honor. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.